0: Hello once again, ladies, gentlemen, fanatics of all ages. Welcome to the very belated Game 2 post-game Phillies Therapy. With the Athletics' Matt Geld, my name is Paul Boyer. We are here some... 23, 24 hours removed from game two uh, and the the rather unfortunate loss that came from it. That's okay. The Phillies escape Atlanta with a split, a series split, 1-1, coming back home, guaranteed two home playoff games, chance to clinch at home, chance to win the series, chance to not have to go back to Atlanta and not have to hear the fans do the chant they do. That would be great. They got to actually win the games first. Matt, you were there. You saw these games. Your very, very long road trip, three weeks on the road, is finally over. You are home. I'm sure that feels good. You were out there. You saw how game two unfolded. The bad and unfortunate fielding, the sudden uh, loss of Steely Command from Wheeler, Things just sort of unraveled in the sixth inning and the Phillies offense couldn't really get it together in time. And it just, you know, it was one of those games. They lost three, nothing again, series one, one, we're coming back home to watch this team, take the field at home. And people are, are a little nervy. There's a lot, a lot of folks on edge, a lot of worry, a lot of tension for a team that essentially accomplished what we thought would be a good outcome. Going out to Atlanta, maybe a little bit hung up on the missed opportunity to go up 2-0. Either way, Matt, welcome home. Um w- shouldn't folks really be this worried that it's a one-one series right now, or, or, or are we getting a little too far ahead of ourselves into Negadelphia territory here?
1: Well, first I have to apologize, and the reason why we're doing this so late is I needed a day to uh to not uh to not really work or think about baseball. Uh it's great <laughs> hey, to be home.
0: This is like work, uh, isn't it? <laughs>
1: No, it's not work. I mean, but it's, yeah. just, it's, it's 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 different. I'm sitting in my spare bedroom, which doubles as our home office, and I have a small glass of wine right now, and it feels great. Attaboy. Uh My daughter, uh, I saw my daughter today for the first time in 16 days. She goes, she looks at me and says, Dada, home from baseball? And I said, <laughs> yeah, I'm home. I didn't have the wherewithal to try to explain to her the many different scenarios in which uh, I might be in Atlanta or San Diego or Los Angeles or none uh, in the next week, but uh it's nice to be home. So uh, are people panicking too much? Yeah, I don't know. Probably. Uh, I think it's the way they lost the game. Mm. You know, Wheeler's on the mound and, and his first five innings, he throws 50 pitches. Uh, really some missed opportunities. Bryce Harper has is a, is a double early in the game and, and isn't able to score. And, um, you know, just some empty at bats from, the lineup, but let's not yeah. forget, I mean, they're facing a, a pretty good pitcher, you know, Kyle, Wright. Sure. Uh, had, had a great season, had a, a breakout season for the Braves.
0: Top five Cy Young finisher, probably.
1: Probably. And uh, they're coming home and like, I, I'm i really excited to see it. Uh, everyone talks about like the atmosphere, who's been in it before, uh, but even those people who talk about it, it's been a long time since they've felt it. And players have asked about it you know they've asked like what is it like and um I, I've, I've struggled to give them like a description because i i think it's something that has to be experienced and mm. you know, the game has been sold out for a couple days now and uh, i know people are upset that it's not a night game but i think it's a perfect time uh it'd be a lot of day drinking it's like a great i think the bars like <laughs> center the yeah. the bar in center city the bars in center city are gonna be packed like people just oh, leaving yeah. ducking out work early you know like it's gonna be uh i think it's gonna be a really cool friday afternoon in philadelphia and uh Jason Stark, uh, my esteemed colleague who I'll get to sit next to him in the press box tomorrow and cover a game, a playoff game with him, which I, you know, obviously haven't done. Uh, and that's pretty cool. I grew up reading Jason and, uh, I- I'm really excited for that. And Jason covered for me today and he wrote a story that I thought was perfect. It's about how, how beautiful is it that Aaron Nola is the one to get the start, uh, in the first postseason game for the Phillies at, at home in 11 years. Mm. Uh, the, the guy who has been here the longest and, uh, who has really worked for this, this moment. And I think it's appropriate that he is the one uh, taking the ball and that uh, he, Jason talked to, I think somebody who has great perspective on it and somebody who might elicit some groans from Phillies fans, but Andrew Knapp, who is, was, and is one of Noah's best friends and, and caught him a lot in the yeah. minors, caught him a lot in the majors. And uh, Andrew has great perspective on a lot of different things. And I thought he really put it uh, into context. So I recommend you read Jason at the athletic, but I, I, I'm stoked uh, to, to be there. I I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, I think I want to talk a lot on this podcast about like this best of three we have here now and how both teams really, uh, do not, uh, have great pitching plans. (laughs) I think it's just going to be a total mess pitching wise other than Nola, uh, the Phillies hope at least. So, uh, the panic, I I understand it because the way they lost game two, I, I think getting a split there was tremendous. I wrote this and I believe this. I mean, in the end, they won the game they weren't supposed to win and they lost the game they weren't supposed to lose. They still got a split. Uh, They still have to feel pretty good about where they are. They were not going to sweep the Braves. They entered the series as the underdogs. They're probably still the underdogs there. At least um, the books have them as as an underdog, a slight underdog, I would say right now. But uh, you win game three and then for lack of a better word, shit's going to hit the wall in game four. I mean, it's going to be ugly on both <laughs> sides, pitching-wise. It really is.
0: Yeah. No, that that sounds like probably the best way to describe um, every playoff game and every series, hopefully future series, this team is going to play just because it's been an entire season of that. Um, no, you. It, it, it's hard to get a feel for how much of what's happening out in in the fanverse right now is is real, right? Because everything is ratcheted up. So high, it's the first time in half a generation, more than half a generation. If we're if we're going by the books, I think a generation is fifteen years. So it's been almost a full generation since this team played a playoff game. And so we get it's to this to be nervous. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, feeling nerves is good. It, it it helps to like feel something while you're watching it. The, the worst thing to be would be disinterested. So if you're feeling something, you're feeling agitated about the way Game Two went down. Good bottle that up. Like that's, that's good to know that you're paying attention and you're checked in here. But really at the end of the day, baseball is a mix of having a short-term memory and a long-term memory, but keeping them compartmentalized, right? You need to have the short-term memory to move on from games like game two and the way that went down, but a long-term memory to remember how this team got here, right? They're not going to turn around and jumble the lineup all up You know, just because uh, Schwarber and Hoskins in particular are off to bad starts. I I really don't feel like they're going to do that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Have you had that intonation?
1: not. not. And actually, Rob Thompson, again, I wasn't there today at the ballpark, but uh, I'll just read you an exchange from the transcript. Sure. Question. Question. Is there any change at the top of the lineup? Rob Thompson. No, no chance. Question. So Schwarber and Hoskins will be one, two tomorrow. Rob Thompson. Yes.
0: There you go and see like that's it (laughs) well look i mean that's that's the horse you rode in on right that's right Like, like i know i know the stakes are so high in each of these individual games right and you you give the players the benefit of the doubt that they have the mental fortitude to to hang in there even though things are going a little rough and in the hypothetical situation that they wouldn't collapse or crumble if a change were to happen but because it's not you have to remember that a lot of what we saw with this team and and a good number of comments coming from the players is that they got comfortable. And a big part of that was the consistency, you know, okay. Rob Thompson's demeanor, where their expectations were, where they could be in the lineup when they were playing, getting that early heads up when they were going to be starting on a, on a spell day or what have you, depending on who it was, all this stuff. There is a comfort that was built up in that clubhouse that we got to read about something that
1: was missing for the last few years. And can I interject I think, real quick to of course. Yeah, of course. Think, what about what was the what was the narrative early in the season, Paul? It was that Joe Girardi was changing tight. the lineup too much.
0: Yeah, they were they were jumbling the lineup and everybody was too tight. They didn't know if they were gonna be playing, like they were losing their jobs, like everybody and it was, just, but you know JT was
1: batting lead off, Segura was batting leadoff, mm-hmm. uh Bone was batting lead off, Hoskins was batting lead off. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And so it, you you can't do that right now. It's not panic mode. You're not in desperation mode. You're not down 3-1 or 3-0 in a best of seven. You're tied at one coming home in a best of five. So I, I understand it's frustrating. This is not to excuse Schwarber and Hoskins in particular to single them out because they've been bad back through the St. Louis series. Reese has put a couple of good swings out there, but they haven't really been that consistent. Schwarber struck out a lot. We saw that when they were both cold during the season. Like this is This is what this team is. Reese's fielding, you know, I, I I'll get into Hoskins at large at some point in the offseason. Now is not really the time to get into that. Yeah, he's gotta the, make the play. He has gotta make the play. But I think things have tipped a little bit too far into just
1: well, it's go, going on. a little too wide You know, yeah. so
0: I, I I get it, but we need to take a step back, breathe a little bit, realize the situation the team is in. It's not dire. And so you don't need to do desperation things. You have one of your two best starting pitchers going. You'd like for him to give you the bulk that you expect out of him. Otherwise, the pitching situation will be more of a mess.
1: Coming <laughs> out to the best starts of his life. Right.
0: Yeah. He's got the momentum for what you put stock in there. Look, things are not that bad right now. Yes, the Braves are probably still the better team. And the Phillies are probably still a little bit of an underdog. Fine. They still got, it all comes down to the outcome, right? They got the one-one split on the road. They're coming home. They have a chance to win two home games and not have to travel out to Atlanta again. And even if they don't, you take one at home, you prolong the series, you extend it, you keep giving yourself a chance. This team is not out of it until they are actually out of it. Like this this is the trust and goodwill that they've built up with me at least for being a good team in the middle of the summer, winning those games they shouldn't have won. It could still apply to this series. I had faith, you know, even with six and nine outs to go down three, nothing in game two, I wasn't writing them out. I wasn't giving up on that. Of course, they didn't end up coming back. No, that doesn't mean my faith was misplaced. Didn't mean they didn't earn that benefit of the doubt and make me feel like they can come back because they've won so many of these ugly games, these games they should not have won, that they are not out until that 27th out is recorded.
1: Now, is your faith going to be tested if Kyle Gibson appears in one of the next three games.
0: <laughs> no, not if he's mopping up a 10-1 <laughs> lead. Like, <Okay. laughs> like, you know, I, I want to see him in a good situation. No, <laughs> if he if he has to appear and it's it's either a close game or the Phillies are losing, well then that's not great. But also, you know, maybe he maybe he saves one of your more valuable guys for game four or five or whatever he comes like, There are upsides to basically everything you could throw out here right now. I'm I'm committed to this. I am sticking with enjoying it because it has been fun. This has been a fun four games. They're three and one in four games, all on the road, by the way, against good teams. They're they're doing well. They're exceeding expectations so far. So
1: okay, let me give you let me give you some scenarios now. Yes, yes, I want to hear you game this out.
0: Yeah, let's go for it.
1: Let's say game three, Noah gives you uh, seven solid. Mm -hmm. You win the game uh you use uh Dominguez and Alvarado to finish it or maybe maybe six and a third whatever you use you use Nolan three of your good relievers you win the game uh-huh. how do you how do you map out game four manager Paul?
0: Um Sir Anthony for me probably would be down unless he threw you know fewer than fifteen pitches like if he was really efficient somehow because I'm I'm thinking long term about him and still not feeling completely comfortable and like Really driving. You're, you're him thinking into the he's not
1: going to be able to play pitch three days in a row because you're thinking I, about game five with him.
0: Uh yeah, and I mean I'm sure he'll want the ball, but you, you do have to think a little more forward with this guy. You do still have to be a All little right, well, who, careful.
1: So who starts for you though? Okay, so in my scenario, you're up to one, you, you uh-huh. didn't have to use a lot of guys in game three.
0: Uh-huh.
1: how are you how are you trying to get 27 outs? I,
0: I think you start with Falter simply because he's a guy on the rotation who or on the roster, I guess I should say, who pitched the best in September outside of your two aces, right? Ranger kind of hit or miss. He struggled a bit. Obviously, we're not talking about him for for Game Four anyway. Um, Gibson, you don't you don't trust him right now. I don't trust him right now. You don't look at Noah Syndergaard as really a big option. Maybe as a piggyback, he had that one clean inning yesterday, which was fine. And it was nice that the bullpen, you know, kept it close, kept it within arm's reach, but I think falters the guy. And if he can get you through three innings, then you start piecing things together, but it's going to be ugly either way. And you hope the Phillies are up in that situation, because if you're trying to bullpen a game in game four, and you're thinking about using the likes of, I don't know, maybe Nick Nelson sees action again, Bellotti probably goes, mm. um, mm. it hand probably goes, you mm. It just, it, it gets, it gets dicey either way. I don't think Brogdon probably sees action even, you know, good God, you know, it's just, it, it's not great, but also you can't push Bailey falter too far in this situation. No. No. The Braves are getting better. You can see like the Braves have a good lineup and you could see even against someone like Zach Wheeler, they start to settle in even just a little bit. The outcomes weren't there, but they put together a couple decent at bats the second time through the order. It, The situation that happened after he plunked Acuna and got iced out on the mat, like that's something else that's unusual and atypical and doesn't really affect my judgment of him or what I think of him in a potential game five. Um, It's just going to be ugly to get back to your point. Game four yeah, is going to be t- ugly, and they they yeah. really need to be leading so that you can feel a little bit better about that whole situation. Right.
1: Here, here's the nightmare scenario for them, in my opinion. Uh-huh. They lose game three, and the Braves do not have to use Strider. Tough. Now, there's a lot of unknown about Strider right now. Uh, my take in talking to people and in talking to Phillies people as they're trying to guess along, too, is that he... If he pitches, it's for two or three innings. They are wary of starting him, especially in game three, because uh, they, again, they haven't named a game three starter. We're taping this late Thursday night. They have not named a game three starter. Uh, we do not know who will pitch. I assume it'll be Charlie Morton. The reason why they don't want to start Strider uh, is because he's only going to give him two or three innings. Probably he's pitched, hasn't pitched in, for weeks now. And you don't really want Morton coming in behind him, especially when you know that game four is going to be a bullpen game for you, which it will be for the Braves. Yeah, So I think they're, the Braves' best case scenario and the Phillies' nightmare scenario is, is Morton goes five or six in game three. You know, Braves have a lead. They turn it over to Minter, Iglesias, and Jansen, and Lee. And they win game three. They don't have to use a ton of guys. And they come back in game four and Strider is starting a bullpen game and gives you maybe the first two or three innings. The Braves then have the advantage, I believe.
0: Yes, yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that, and I think that's why there's so much riding on Nola. You know, for as much as we're talking about not panicking, not being desperate, and and we're not. That's not what this is. It does put extra importance on winning this swing game, just because of game what's throwing. lurking. He's, yeah, yeah. W- what's it, lurking it goes without and-
1: saying. I mean, it's you know, it's it's huge, obviously, but I think sure. given the pitching situation, it has added importance.
0: Right. And you'd feel a little bit better if most of the offense was clicking behind the pitching staff. Maybe, maybe you'd feel a little bit more comfortable as much as you could <laughs> thinking about that parade of names that might touch the mound in, in game four. I don't know. Maybe yeah. they, maybe they do push Bailey Falter as far as he can go into a third time through. the I, I don't know. I don't know what's more palatable there.
1: Yes. Yeah. I would, I would start Syndergaard.
0: Okay, for how long? How long would you, you put him out there for?
1: Nine batters. Okay, Nine
0: okay, batters. and I think that makes sense. And then would you piggyback him with someone like Falter? Would you Would you start piecing it together on what's from
1: there? Happening. Yeah, I mean, if there's like guys on base and Bilotti's coming in to try to clean it up in the middle of an inning, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that. I don't know. Maybe Falter comes in in the middle. Maybe not right after Syndergaard, but um, or maybe they just straight bullpen it. I, I you know, I don't know. Yes, and and all this factors in like like, I, I, you know, game five, which, you know, yes. we we haven't even gotten to and right. I, no one's going to say it out outwardly, but they're very clearly were thinking about game five when they took Wheeler out at 79 pitches. Oh,
0: yeah. Yep. Yep. No. And, and that plays into this whole thing still, too, because even as efficient as Wheeler was and as early as they lifted him, you're not expecting him to go seven or eight innings in that game if it happens. So that, that means more relievers. So it's Correct. it's it's a balancing act. It's going to be interesting to see how these guys get deployed. And yeah, it, it really does add more weight and puts more of a focus on Aaron. Not that we haven't been putting <laughs> a whole lot of faith and trust in Aaron Nola in these last few starts of his. And he's been up to the task. Thank God. Um, it just gets that much more important. I think he could do it, though. You know, it, it, there's nothing in the last couple of starts really nothing in the last month and a half out of him, really, except maybe from the one start where he gave up four four runs in that, in that block, there's very little to suggest that you shouldn't have faith in Nola having a good game. Maybe it doesn't go to plan. It's the playoffs and the Braves are a good team that could always happen, but you should at least come in thinking, all right, yeah, I am feeling pretty good about this matchup. The Phillies do have the edge on the mound. Um, for whatever that's worth. You know, they lost game two when they had the slight edge on the mound. And they, like you said, won game One when they did not have the edge on the mound. So it could go either way, but you have to go into it at least feeling a little bit better and not really leaning so hard into the, you know, oh no, they've lost their momentum. The mighty Braves, the defending champions are coming
1: from. Because I don't really think that's the situation at hand here. Don't you think they get a little boost uh, being in South Philly tomorrow? They, well, they better. My God, like if you if you don't get up, they were it, they were thirteen over at home this year. Right? They and played they, they so kind of under, flew under the radar. Is that they were a game under five hundred on the road, and uh, they they were a solid home team this year.
0: Look, man, I red rally towels, right? They can't do the white anymore. There's going to be correct red rally towels flying all around that stadium. It's going to be the mid afternoon, like you were saying. People are going to have been drinking for seven hours anyway, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> weekday be damned. The place is going to be hot, and if you can't get some extra adrenaline from that, if you don't feed off of that a little bit, well, that's not the fan's fault. So I, I, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of excitement, and I would like to see, I would like to see an early capitalization on that. You know, I, I was looking at one of the, I, I think it was Game One of the Dodgers Padres series a couple of days ago. Uh, there was a graphic that came up on the screen and it showed teams with the best records all time in a season when scoring first. And they were highlighting the Dodgers in this case, who I think were third or fourth best all time for what they mm. did this season. The Braves were right behind them all oh. time when scoring first in a season. There was something like 76 and 13 or something preposterous. So yeah. it w- it's it's just so important not only for that, I mean, you know, gamblers fallacy, what have you, just to just to capitalize on the the boost that the crowd is likely to give. If you can come out and take a lead in the first or second inning, something to me just feels really extra big about that. I would really, more so than usual, love to see that happen.
1: You feel like you're not pushing the boulder up the hill.
0: No, not right now.
1: No, no yeah. if you get an early lead, I'm saying, yeah, I mean that. Oh, feels especially that. Then... It just feels, yeah, downward momentum, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you need that right now because you don't want this team to get tight. You know, we saw we saw in September when things got a little dicey when they were racing Milwaukee, even with the lead, that it seemed like sometimes they got, they got a little tense. You know, their shoulders bunched up a little bit. They had some throw more throwaway at bats than normal. Some guys still are throwing away at bats a little bit more than normal, and you don't want that. You want to get that looseness back. You want to you want to lean on the the coaching staff and the guys like Schwarber and everybody to keep everybody loose and keep them playing like they're having fun because that mantra seemed to work. Schwarber preaching about having fun that seemed to work. Right around the time he said that, things turned around a bit toward the end of September. So I don't want I don't want to see him bunch up like that.
1: Yeah, and every time he has sort of you know people kind of mocking him for his positivity or or you know he's talked a lot about trying to enjoy the moment and rise to the occasion. He has put his money where his mouth is. Yeah. You know, how many times late in the season did he come up uh, either with the first pitch home run or first A B home run or a big hit uh in a game and uh you know, you, you get the feeling that they're gonna need something like that from him tomorrow. And his, his at bats have been really bad. Uh I, I was in the clubhouse after the game on on uh, what day is today? Thursday, Wednesday night, last night. Yeah, it's a playoffs. Yeah, yeah it is. What day of the week it is. Uh, and everyone's kind of crowding around. Uh, We know everyone was around Bryce Uh, in the clubhouse. And I was just like kind of on the edge of it. And I turned around and I saw Schwarber there and he's and he was just made eye contact. And I, so I walked over and he says, does anyone want to talk to me about how bad I've been? And he was like joking around. He was <laughs> laughing. Yeah. It was like, he's great. He's got good deadpan humor and, uh, you know, he, he's aware. I mean, I think he's, uh, he's fully aware that these have not been good at bats. And it's funny because Thompson, every time he's asked about Schwarber or Hoskins, he mentions that he thinks Hoskins is, 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 is almost there. He's getting there. He's been putting more balls in the air. He's had better yeah. at bats. Schwarber is like, he, he, you know, he looks like he's just trying to do too much. And, yeah. uh, <clears throat> Schwarber has got to do something. And, uh, you know it's because like Bryce's at bats have been tremendous, right? Like, yes. you feel like that home run in St. Louis really just did something to him, uh, yes. just better at bats using the whole field, like, except for the bunts, you know, whatever. Like, the bunts, uh, um, <laughs> here we go with the bunts again, <laughs> bunting idea, bad idea. But they didn't, but they weren't doing bunting stuff in that no. game, too. But uh, no. so bats have been good. JT's at bats have been solid, Castellanos' at bats on, on the whole have been have been pretty good. Uh bottom of the order bombs at bats have been good. I mean they've gotten decent at bats. They've put runners on base. Yes. Uh, you know, not not as many in game two, obviously, but uh I I, I like I, I've said this to a couple people and I think I've gotten some weird looks. Like I think the Phillies have the pitching advantage uh in this best of three now. I do. Um because I think Striders just such a huge question mark. You just have literally no idea what you're going to get from him. You don't know how much you're going to get, or you don't know, how it's, you know what it's going to be. And that's a huge X factor. Charlie Morton is, is, is beatable. He is beatable. Jake Odorizzi is beatable. Uh, I think the Phillies have a, a slight pitching advantage here in this best of three.
0: It, it helps to think that Strider might be limited to something like nine outs in this entire series. And that is that to me. That's a huge win, especially with how they looked facing him. I mean, when that guy was healthy, he's he's already looking like you know one of the top twenty-ish pitchers in the National League. There are a lot of really good pitchers in the National League. That's not a slight on him. I I think to go back to the Harper point, just real quick, uh, I had to dig this up. I, I saw Todd Zalecki retweet this earlier from uh, Paul Casella, who does a little bit Which of production a work. For, yeah, yeah. Uh, for Major League Baseball. And Harper has had like a, a really good postseason so far, and and I'll just I'll do I'll read this tweet a little bit close to verbatim. He's got you know a, a couple extra base hits. He's got no PS over 1,200, but ten of his 17 plate appearances have come with the bases empty, including just one plate appearance with runners in scoring position. And because he's been batting fourth with the lineup the way it's been, with JT up in the three spot, he's only come up in the first inning once in these four games. That's important.
1: Wow. Yeah. Now
0: you you go back and think about, okay, you don't panic. You don't, you don't do a one game mix up. You don't start messing with the lineup after the way things have gone, but there is a little bit more pressure now, you know, not to say there wasn't before, of course, there's a little bit more pressure now on Schwarber and Hoskins to actually produce, to actually get on. Yes. Reese has had a couple of nice balls in play, including a morning track fly ball that, that almost went out. Um, still, he's only got he's only got the one hit. Um, not great. Got to get results. Schwarber, very top of the lineup. Bad at bats. Not really great. Can't even say much in the way of contact right now. Those guys, at least one of them has to start doing something. Has to do something in game three. Gotta. Get Bryce up to the plate in game one. Uh, game three in the first inning, I should say. And you're you're doing your job. I, I, I get why people are anxious about those two at the top of the lineup. And I think the Harper thing plays into that a little bit. You don't want to feel like you're wasting these good Harper at-bats. But also, I don't think they're going anywhere. I think you're right. I think that home run maybe did fix something. Maybe got him a little more relaxed or... Maybe had him figure out a mechanical unlock. Maybe, maybe something just clicked. But he seems like he is back for the moment. Now, he's probably going to undergo a, a hockey player's litany of surgeries and treatments in the offseason. It's probably going to be ugly. I don't know what's awaiting us with, with the report on that guy. He's probably got you know bones broken that we don't even know we have as humans. But right now, in this moment, he, he is absolutely swinging a better bat. He's only struck out once in these two games. You know he's got those opposite field hits, which I think is a vision into what he's going to look like as he ages. Just on a hunch. I, 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 I f- they're not out of it, uh, is what it boils down to, and that's the mantra here. But they do need to start getting actual results from the guys who are struggling tomorrow.
1: So they saw Morton five times this year, and I know this doesn't. It's very hard to apply it to the regular, you know, regular season to postseason, but a 547 area and five starts. Hmm. Uh, the best one was six and two thirds scoreless, uh, in August. Okay. Uh, the other ones, you know, there were two starts of less than five innings in which he gave up six runs and one and four runs in the other, he had a five inning start. The scoreless one was runs. in Atlanta. No, it was at home. It was August. Oh no, no, it wasn't Atlanta. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the okay. game log for, yes, it was. No, no, no. It was, uh, yeah. It was August 3rd. It was the game the Phillies won. It was a day game after the trade deadline, and Castellanos hit the home run late. Remember mm-hmm. that game?
0: Mm-hmm. Vaguely. It's Robertson so long ago came this in and saved it. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. were
1: down one nothing, and they scored three runs in the eighth inning, and Castellanos hit a, hit a two-run homer off. Uh, That's right. Col- Colin McHugh. And it was That's really it was right. till, until the playoffs. It was, I believe, Castellanos' best moment as a Philly. Uh, just, it was a big win for them. It was the day after the bullpen game, which they got absolutely torched uh, against the Braves. So, he he hasn't been great against him. Down the stretch, Morton as a whole, facing anybody. Uh, and again, the last time he pitched was October 2nd, so by the time we get to tomorrow, that'll be 12 days. Uh, his final five starts, he had a 623 ERA. A lot of home runs. Yeah. You know, beatable. And maybe there's some payback here, like some karma for, you know, trying more and ripping his hamstring off the bone. And then going on to becoming, you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball for like three years after uh, uh, leaving the Phillies. Yeah, but uh, you know, maybe not. I don't know.
0: That one still bums me out. They were <laughs> onto something with him, man. They really were, and he just—it was fielding a ground ball, right? Running over to first base. No,
1: running out to first base uh, in Milwaukee. He was mm. he was batting. He was running. I mean, he was first
0: batting. Base.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, just... yeah. <sighs> And then they declined the option.
0: Ugh, anyway.
1: Yeah, which was like the right call. But yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. It wasn't, but it was. Like, I get it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Nah, it, oh, nah. it was like $9 million or something <laughs> like that. Anyway, not getting into what was that, 2014, 2016.
1: No, 16. Yeah, 16.
0: Whatever. Yeah. Yes, I, I do hope it's payback. Like, enough of this. Enough, <laughs> enough of guys getting out of here and then just wreaking havoc. Although, The exception to the rule is Hector Neris, who picked up his first career playoff win in today's game for the Astros. Oh, did he get the win today? He did. Like
1: I said, I totally turned off base. I didn't like tuned out for most of the day. And that's cool.
0: Good. Yeah. He he got the win when Jordan Alvarez uh, connected with another go ahead home run um, because that guy is a monster. Uh, Anyway, back to the Phillies, Phillies therapy. Um, Look, I, I think what this comes down to is understandable tension Understandable anxiety that should instead be channeled into excitement for these next two games. They shouldn't really focus on ire toward Hoskins fielding or Wheeler losing his command in the sixth inning yesterday, or anything like that. You know, or, or, or Schwarber at the top of the lineup, or you know, that, put that on hold. Let's wait until the offseason to really like unleash our our inner Phillies fan beasts here because these next two games are, I don't need to tell you this, huge.
1: And as we know, you, you never know when you might see this again. <laughs> I'm not saying it's right. going to be 11 years again, but right. I don't know. Like you don't, you don't know. You, you really exactly. don't know. You really don't know. Exactly.
0: Look, I, I, I don't think it's going to be 11 years again, but I didn't think it was going to be 11 years uh, the last time either. So that's a great point. Enjoy what's going on while we've got it right now. You know, <laughs> they're still very much in it. They could still very much win this series. They're not trailing. It's tied at 1 and they're coming home. Look, I'm I'm beating it into the ground because I I think it's hard to see the more positive things when you come off a loss. I think if things had been flipped and the Phillies had achieved the split by winning game 2,
1: Right, Think, things uh, be yeah, a lot exactly. different. Exactly, right. Yes. So I don't but, understand. I get it, but I don't. Right.
0: <laughs> it's six of one, half dozen of the other. We've arrived at the same place. We are at the exact same place either way. Won one game, lost one game. Two games at home. There are pro- there are problems with this team that are not new, and they surfaced in the sixth inning and in other parts of the game on offense in game two. Nothing new there. Nothing like the, the the players are who the players are who we thought they were. And that's that's just what this team has to do to survive is, is to avoid that. Get a game where they avoid those things. That's really how you survive with a flawed team that is 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 good, but potentially, you know, not potentially, definitely not as good as some of the other teams in the league.
1: Do you dig the Victorino choice? Yeah, man. Absolutely.
0: I think that's great. You know, like that is a guy you talk about energy, right? You talk about a crowd that's going to be fired up. There is no better choice from those (laughs) golden era Phillies teams for a, a positive vibes, high energy guy than Shane Victorino. Are you kidding me? That, (laughs) that dude could light up a funeral parlor. Like that is,
1: (laughs) that is the, I'd like to see him try.
0: Yeah. Right. But that, that's, that's, I, I love it. I think it's great. I loved Victorino when he was here. Um, he he has that kind of energy still even in retirement. He is, you know, I see his comments pop up on the NBC, Philly, Instagram posts every so often. Like he's just, he's into it. He stayed in touch, you know, and and, and that yeah. matters. That matters to people like me who, you know, like it when guys don't fade off into the ether and actually hang around a little bit. And this is a guy who should be out there who does have that energy to match what's going to be in that stadium on Friday. And uh, yes, I love it. I think it's fantastic. A great choice.
1: He has actually followed his team. it's funny. We were in Miami uh, during the season. I don't even know when, and he just like appeared in the press box and sat uh, between Jim Salzer and me for a couple innings uh, <laughs> during one of the games. And it was really, he lived down cause... there. No, no, he does not live down there. <laughs> uh, he <laughs> splits okay. his time. I think most of his time is, is in Vegas. Uh, he's still, okay spend some time in Hawaii and I think he, he's got houses all over the place. He was boasting about, which is great. I mean, if, if I had that kind of money and I was retired, I would also have houses all over the place. So. Yeah, sure. Um, Sheesh. yeah, I, I think it's a great choice. I, I love it. Uh, he's, uh, he's got that right personality for this moment, I think. And, uh, I, uh, I, I, I can't wait to see what it's going to be like. I really can't. I mean, I remember what those games were like, uh, sitting in a press box for those games and, uh, I remember what they were like in in, in 09 and 10, and I wasn't there uh, for any of the games in 08 or 07, but uh, it's a cool feeling, and and I'm glad that this generation of Phillies players and fans will get to experience that uh, in person. And uh, you're looking for someone to rise to the moment. That's what we've been talking about, and just because Hoskins and Schorber haven't done it yet, uh, I would be surprised if one of them doesn't rise to the moment in game three. I really would.
0: So it is that a pick to click like we've we've had the the Segura base hit the Harper home run the Castellanos sliding catch I did say and, and Castellanos
1: was gonna I did say Castellanos was gonna have a big hit when was that I said that after game one of
0: I believe the you're correct. Cardinals
1: series right I was just like a little off it's like a little off
0: <laughs> I'll have to go close. back and listen to the tape but I remember that I was yeah close. yeah so who's it gonna uh, be who's it gonna be in game three I,
1: I, I, I'll, I'll give Schwarber uh, Schwarber hit go. a home run tomorrow.
0: You yeah. see, and and that is the kind of thing I'm talking about with with an early lead. Like you can see, you can see you can kind of feel the energy in the air. Maybe that Kyle Schwarber's first at bat, something might happen. I like that. I like that thought a lot. And I think if that happens. That'll be a huge momentum boost. That'll now really- it's
1: also like I've been trying to picture both game states in my head and I can imagine them both where it's like it's a tight game and they haven't scored or maybe they're behind by one or two and the pressure does start to really mount inside the ballpark. I can I can almost I can imagine it in my head. I can feel it. I can also envision a scenario where they get out to an early lead and. You know, the thing just just, you know, explodes like it's it's uh, what well, we've seen it before. We've seen that happen in Philly's postseason games in Citizens Bank Park.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think part of the energy you kind of feel out here among the fan base ties into that. If the Braves take an early lead, like if something happens in the top of the first inning, there's it's going to get real anxious in there real quick. And I think that's something we, <laughs> we would all like to avoid and put off for as long as possible. Um, so. Again, no pressure, Aaron. Uh, Nola, if you're listening out there, first of all, hi, big, fa- <laughs> big fan of your work, but also, you know, hang in there. Um, so here we go, right? Two games at home, um, potentially to decide a series and move on to the LCS. Worst case, you win Can one, you, you extend imagine? it to five.
1: Can you imagine the Phillies playing in the NLCS?
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I'm working on it, though. I'm trying to manifest it. I'm trying to get like those, those mental, those mental um, brain waves to actually create this reality in front of us. You know, I had a hard enough time imagining, that, you know, getting past the Cardinals. It was nice enough just to be here, kind of like a happy to be here kind of thing. At points, maybe that was just coping and and early bracing myself for disappointment somewhere in my mind. But now they're two wins away from the LCS, and you're just like, oh. We well, really could do it. I guess I should work on this.
1: And somebody asked Noel today, actually, and it's a good point. It's like, has he thought about I mean he could be playing his brother in the NLCS? <laughs>
0: you know, I, I I hope they do. I hope they do. I, I do not cool. I don't want to yeah. I don't want to see the Dodgers. I don't want to see I'm
1: not picky. I think LA or San Diego would be uh be a lot of fun too. Oh, yeah, apart, and for you very fan bases and great cities and miserable travel because uh Going back and forth, crisscrossing the country uh, for a seven game series is uh, will be tough. But you know what? Could be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. But, you know, Los Angeles and San Diego. uh, That that kind of makes do a lot lot worse. worse. You could do a lot lot worse. Yeah. All right. So that's where we stand. Series is tied at one. People let's hang in there. (laughs) Let's let's channel some good vibes. Let's let's look for some more good stuff out of Aaron Nola. Hopefully he, he keeps riding the wave he's on. And. By this time uh, tomorrow night, we're having you a know, nice little happy conversation and not staring down you're, a, a bullpen elimination our, game.
1: We're giving our best path to 27 outs in game four.
0: Buckle up, baby. We got some interesting baseball coming our way. Um, quick aside before we sign off, a big shout out to those of you who are, who are supporting the show. Huge help. Thank you so much. Um, couldn't do it without you. Really couldn't, whether you you're an active supporter or not or just a listener. We appreciate all of you. It's really been a lot of fun, and we're, we're going to keep it rolling. So for Matt Gelb, The Athletic, I'm Paul Boyer, unaffiliated. Game three <laughs> happens Friday afternoon in a rocking Citizens Bank Park. It's a big game. It's pivotal. Aaron Nola takes the bump. And we will be with you at some point during the postgame, hopefully riding high. We'll catch you then.